Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And I know a lot of times people are sick of hearing me say that. But folks, you got to understand they're trying to call me a terrorist, a domestic threat. They're trying to tell you that I'm right-wing extreme. They're trying to tell you that I'm somehow the far right. They're trying to tell you all kinds of lies anti-government, the list goes on and on and on, and we've got to reject those notions. None of them are true. We stand for the proper role of constitutional limited government. We point to the rule of law, the supreme law. We point to God, family, and country. When we talk about God, we're talking about our Father in Heaven and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Judeo-Christian view is what we're talking about. When we talk about family, we're talking about the traditional God-ordained family a husband and a wife with complete fidelity to one another who welcome children to their marriage and now they have fidelity to each other and to their children where parents and children respect one another and work together and this family unit becomes the fundamental unit of society. That's what we're talking about. When it comes to country, we're talking about, look, we don't accept rogue agents in government who think they're above the law or who simply think that they can jettison the checks and balances that made America great. That's rogue government that we reject. However, the proper role of constitutional limited government, where government fulfills its contract with we the people, right? By the consent of the governed, do they derive their just powers. When government obeys its proper role, in other words, when each branch of government, the executive, the legislative, the judicial, stay in their own lanes, when the general government stays in its limited scope lane defined by the Constitution, when the states are in their lanes based on their state constitutions. You see, those are the contracts with America, with Americans. And when we, the people, then live our lives free from government intrusion and abuse, but the standards of stability, the standards of equality, that's the kind of government we're talking about, limited, divided, proper role of government. Then see, where is pro-government as it gets, but only under the constitutional circumstances that our founding fathers set up, only with a view of a constitutional republic being the form of government that we endorse and support. Welcome to the broadcast. We are live on the radio six days a week, two hours a day, around the clock news, virtually speaking. And then, hey, if you miss a show, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, and you can read the show notes and focus in on the hours and the topics and the subjects. Uh, that you want to hear about the most. So that's who we are, libertyroundtable.com. Now, yesterday's quick recap of the broadcast, we had an incredible two-hour show, ladies and gentlemen. And there were three people on the radio for both hours, Sam Bushman, of course, the good Dr. Dr. Scott Bradley, 
freedomsrisingsun.com is his website if you want to learn more. And then we had a guest on, Mr. Ken Cromar. And Ken Cromar and his wife, um, Barbara, or so Ken and Barbie, if you will, Barbie and Ken, uh, they uh, are in an epic battle with the IRS is how it all started. Long story short, many years later, they've been still battling up to 15 different court cases simultaneously going on as the government sent a 75-man SWAT team and literally forced them out of their home. The government, this is what we're talking about, out of control, belligerent. They violated due process. He never had his day in court. Well, he's now having his day in court. The problem is it's a kangaroo court and a a manipulated trial. Uh, They basically picked the jurors without him. Why? Because they said he had to have representation if he was going to have uh, be able to pick jurors. They presented, prevented him from subpoenaing evidence. They prevented him from putting uh, filings onto the court dockets, all saying, hey, you don't have uh, representation. We've appointed a public defender for you. Ken says, I don't want a public defender. I want to represent myself. They say, we're not going to let you. He says, that's unconstitutional. I have a God-given right. I can defend myself if I want to. I'm innocent until proven guilty. Well, all that being jettisoned and set aside in these incredible court cases, uh, Ken and his wife are going to appeal. And as far as I understand, they got the book thrown at them guilty of all counts, but no jail time. So a little bit of leniency shown there. If you accept that they have the upper hand in the first place, in other words, just because they didn't put him in jail, was it really leniency? Uh, Anyway, very strange proceedings. Ken tried to bring in the IRS commissioner who says, Ken doesn't have any beef with the IRS. There's no issue. There's nothing against them. Some reason they won't let that be in court either. Very, very strange proceedings in the courts these days. And you learn very quickly, ladies and gentlemen, that Americans feel as if they're free. As long as they don't run across uh, any problems. (laughs) In other words, once you get into the system of problems, problems just seem to follow you wherever you go. Uh, And so we seem to be free in America on the surface, but when you really dig in, those rogue agents in government have violated the checks and balances to the umph degree. We talked about that for both hours with Ken and Scott. Great, great educational uh, show and understanding. That's available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Without further ado, and a related topic comes up here in seconds as I introduce Chris Carlson back to Liberty Roundtable Live. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. You got it, my friend, and welcome back. And you want to talk about McCarthyism today, Uh, the principle, what is it, how does it work, how does it relate to you and I, and then kind of a fast forward from the historical precedent to modern time and where we sit now and how it applies to us in our lives. And believe it or not, I think the Ken Crowbar case has something to do with this, sir. Oh, yeah, there are definite tie-ins between, and I did listen to the show yesterday, and I was very proud of Ken Cromar and his wife, Barbie, in defending the principles of freedom, uh, you know, before a corrupt court. And (laughs) I think all the courts in America have become, to one degree or another, corrupted. But I'm very proud that he's standing on principle, and he is uh, asserting himself morally and constitutionally uh, on the principles that he's doing so. And I'm very proud of him. I'm proud to be a friend of his, and I wish him the best. But yeah, McCarthyism. So McCarthyism is what? 
1950s, so we're probably 75 so years away from from those incidences. And circumstances change, Sam, but human nature doesn't change, and wickedness does not change. So Joseph, and principles uh, do not change either. No, no, principles do not change. And Joseph R. McCarthy is one of history's most enigmatic figures, Sam. So I'm going to attempt to explain what he did and why he did it and how his in, the enemies of freedom during his time exploited him to advance the cause of communism. And the word communism, we talked about before, Sam, we can insert whatever, any, any number of words that are synonymous with communism, fascism, all socialism, all the isms. Yeah, and they're all the same. It's basically totalitarianism, whereby government seeks to uh, assume unto itself powers that are not justly given it by God and should be exercised for the most part by the people individually. And I, and I use the, um, I, I, I use this trick question a lot to people. I say, okay, you've got various levels of government. You've got the federal government, you've got some of the state governments, you've got county governments. And in some cases you have neighborhood governments and then you, you've got county governments. And of all the levels of government, what is the most important level of government? And they assume it's one of those that I mentioned, but the most important level of government, Sam, do you want to answer that or do you want me to just give you the answer? The answer is we the people is the most important form of government. Why? Because we're the ones that have God-given inalienable rights. We delegate that to the proper role of government with incredible limits under a contract. They derive their just power from the consent of who? Us, we the people. That's right. So we're the most important right. form of government, bar none, sir. Yes, self-government, and that's something that was inculcated in the minds of our children uh, going through the private Christian school where they went. Self-government is the most important government, because without self-government, you know, no amount of government is going to solve society's ills. We need to be self-governed. There are certain functions that we cannot exercise as individuals. We cannot create our own monetary system. Uh, we cannot organize to go to war. We need some sort of uh, overarching governmental structure, you know, in case we're invaded, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, 99% of our lives should be governed by ourselves, not externally. And that's why, um, was it John Adams who said that uh, this constitution was created for only a moral and a religious people and it's wholly inadequate for the governance of any other type of people? I know that's not word for word, but you get the gist. So yeah, getting back to the topic at hand, Joseph McCarthy. So Joseph McCarthy was 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 a flawed individual. I will say that, and I I think, and I'm going to go ahead and give give you my conspiracy theory right out front. I think that he was an establishment stooge, and I don't know how much you know about uh, McCarthyism. It was a very short period of time in our nation's history, from about 1950 to about 1950. Four, when he was censured by the Senate. Um, but I wanted, before I get into that, I, I wanted to, uh, to do a really quick tutorial on projection. All right, and sir, we'll do, we'll do it. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about McCarthyism in the 1950s. What's the story? How does it work? How does it relate? What's projection? We'll talk about it. Hillary and Bill are masters of projection. We'll talk about it on your radio in seconds with Chris Carlson. 
Attention, Patriots. 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 Calling all Patriots and law enforcement to come together in pursuit of the truth regarding the 2020 election, the worst crime in American history. A national press conference regarding election fraud will be held in Las Vegas on Tuesday, July 12th at 10 a.m. at the Ayrton Hotel, starring sheriffs from across the country. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, known as CSPOA, has called for investigation by sheriffs and law enforcement across this country. Former Arizona Sheriff Richard Mack is leading the charge. He will be at the Ayrton Hotel on July 12th, along with more than a dozen sheriffs from across the USA. Plus, Mike Lindell will be there, and special guests through the vote, investigators Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, and yours truly, Wayne L. Root, will open the event. Tuesday, July 12th, 10 a.m. Ahern Hotel. It's a free event. Get more information and make a donation at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. With God, all things are possible. No doubt about that reality check. We're talking about McCarthyism. What happened in the 50s? Who was this guy? What does he stand for? What's going on? It starts with this understanding of what projection is. Chris? Yeah, and I know we've taken a lot of time to work up to, you know, the the meat of the history of McCarthyism, but I think it's important that we understand projection, and that's something that you've talked about a lot on your show. So a quick tutorial on projection is in order. If you are guilty of some crime, one of the most effective ways of deflecting attention away from your crimes is to accuse someone else of doing the same or similar things that you are doing. And you mentioned that the Clintons are masters of that, and I would agree. But I've got another case in point here. Um, it was exposed a couple of weeks ago when former Vice President Joe Biden was sending money to his son, Hunter Biden. I know you covered that a little bit. For prostitutes in Russia. And then I'm going to give credit to Rick Wiles and company uh, from truenews.com for the story. So they're, they're quoting the Washington, po the Washington rather examiner report uh, in their broadcast. And they say, President Joe Biden apparently unwittingly financed his son's participation in an escort ring tied to Russia. Records from a copy of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop show. Hunter Biden spent over 30000 on escorts, in other words, hookers many of whom were linked to .ru Russian email addresses and worked with an exclusive model agency called Uber GFE during a three and a half month period between November 2018 
in March 2019. And I don't mean to go into too much detail there, but I, I just want to ask you, Sam, does that sound familiar to other accusations that have been more broadly publicized in the media recently? Well, let's look at it this way for one uh, point. So you've got Hunter Biden in bed with the Russians in a literal sense. Uh, you've got uh, finances flowing from the former president of the United States, now the president of the United States. You've got uh, Hunter uh, literally tying himself not only to the Russians, but to his father. His father denying the connection in many ways. Not that he's not the father, but that financially or economically or they're not tied. Uh, not true. And, you know, this in light of hey, they claim Donald Trump was in bed with the Russians. They had in their dossier that he was somehow involved with some hookers with Russians, and that turned out not to be true. And then the tie to Russia and the dossier turned out to be completely bogus. And then we find that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton uh, actually funded uh, and Hillary authorized uh, the dossier uh, and the false narrative that's been going on. We spent literally $30 million as a country to investigate Donald Trump and Russia. Uh, and it turns out that really the projection is that, hey, it was their camp. It was the Democrats. It was Joe. It was Hunter. It was Hillary. These people are the ones that have the tie to the Russians, and they projected on the Donald and literally cost us $30 million to investigate to come back and say, hey, it isn't true. And so criminal activity at the highest levels, vote election fraud at the highest levels, because, again, when you have that dossier floating for a couple of years and $30 million spent on this attack that turns out to be false, but it's funded by a candidate, Hillary Clinton. Okay, so this is the ultimate example of projection, Chris. Yeah, and and this is not new, Sam. It's been going on for years in this nation, probably for millennia, you know. But I, I'm going to tie that into McCarthyism here in a minute. But let me give you another example of projection that I think is a huge hypocrisy, you know, between um, the, the left and the right. Uh, through abortion, vaccinations, foreign wars of aggression, and the promotion of transgenderism, the left has killed or destroyed the lives of a lot more children than guns have. Yet you always hear about them caring about the children when it comes to gun control because of these school shootings. When in fact, you know, if, if you put this on, on a balance, I mean, all of these, the abortion alone, what, 65 million over the last 49 years? And now we, we think that Roe versus Wade has ended, which it hasn't. And there a lot of a lot more insights that I've gained since we talked about this. Anyway, I didn't, don't mean to get back, don't mean to get off on a tangent. But, you know, everything that they're guilty of, everything that corrupt government bureaucrats and politicians are guilty of, they try to foist on those who are actually the solution to the problem. And McCarthyism is, is no different because McCarthy was a very flawed individual. He was a heavy drinker. Um, he was a lot like Donald Trump, as a matter of fact. And I kind of want to make that comparison if I could. So in uh, 1950, he began making accusations that they were, well, he started off with 205 communists in the State Department, which is probably a low estimation because, as we know, and I'll give you one incident about what the State Department is, is actually guilty of, the fall of China. Uh, I don't know if you know this. So the State Department under Dean Acheson in, in the uh, late 40s, uh, in the aftermath of World War II, Sam, <clears throat> um, 
they they based specifically told Chiang Kai-shek, and this is going into a little history. Let, let me know if I need to clarify some things or not. So Chiang Kai-shek was actually on the side of freedom in China <clears throat> in the aftermath of World War II. He was leading the freedom forces. But the State Department told Chiang Kai-shek that any military aid that would be forthcoming from the United States would be predicated upon him forming a coalition government, which would include the communists. Now, why would you do that? And as a result, he, he refused to do it. And eventually he had to flee to the island of Taiwan. And that's why Taiwan is still free today, very precariously. But that's just one example of many that I can give you of some of the blunders that the State Department was guilty of in the aftermath of World War II. And uh, Joseph McCarthy was pointing these things out and he was claiming um, in Wheeling, Virginia, he made the announcement that there were 205 communists and he had a list of them. In the now State let's Department. be very clear. Let's be very clear. To this point, McCarthy's pointing out some truisms. Oh yeah, yep. Okay, let's, let's be clear because we're we're attacking McCarthyism uh, in many ways, and we'll get to that. But there's a lot of things that were done right, and this is part of the subterfuge, the deception that is intentionally created. Okay, and this is where projectionism comes in. You first accuse everybody else of being what you are. As part of this projection, go ahead, Chris. Oh yeah, they accused him of being corrupt, and he and you know everything that they they claimed stuck because he kind of he was this flawed figure, and that's why I have this conspiracy theory that I believe that he was put up to this. Uh, you know, he was he he drank heavily, he was crude, he was rude. Well, he was a lot like um, some someone we know as Donald Trump. Um, and uh, they, they claimed that uh, the oil companies were backing him with, with all this money, you know, doing dirty deals behind the scenes. Um, anyway, so he went from Wheeling, West Virginia. He went to um, Ohio, made similar claims. Uh, he went to Denver, where he held an airport conference, where he claimed that he had left his list of communists in his other suit, which was in the bag on the plane. And, you know, he started to become more... Uh, his claims, he never backed up his claims, put it that you way. You would call yeah. it frayed around the edges, allegations right. of that evidence. Even though a lot of it was factual, in many cases now we're starting to see a fray around the edges as we see the real character. Yeah. And then finally in his speech that night in Reno, Nevada, he gave the names of four State Department communists, among which was uh, a Harvard-graduated scientist named Howard Shipley, who turned out to be Harlow Shapley, so, you know, already early in his um, his uh, little reign of terror, as his enemies would characterize it, uh, the, these inconsistencies and these, uh, the, 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 as you said, the fray around the edges was starting to appear. And I think this was completely and totally intentional, Sam. Uh, George Reedy from the UPI uh, said that talking to Joe was like putting your hands in a bowl of mush. And and that's that was probably true, and that, that was probably his character to a degree, as and maybe to a degree he was coached to do this. I don't know, so I don't have any proof that he was an establishment stooge, but everything about him kind of reeked of uh, conspiracy, in my opinion. So, uh, but initially they did have some hearings. I don't mean to go too too far ad nauseum. No, and, I really and let's be clear though, this is intentionally so though. These slippery characters, you can never know where they stand. You can never know where you stand. You can never know the relationship. The allegations continue to swirl. You move from allegation to allegation to where you can't quite pin it down. To this day, 
you ask conservatives, you know, is Donald the good guy or the bad guy? And what they'll say is, well, he's really flawed, but I believe God sent him. Or they'll say, you know, he's got a lot of problems, but he's done a lot of good. And I've been one who said that oftentimes. And I think to some degree, there's truth to it. To some degree, though, hey, when does God versus when does Satan end up using someone for their agenda? Right? And that's kind of the real question that we have. And that relates to McCarthyism as well. What happened there? We'll talk about it with Chris Carlson in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. Several of the victims killed in the Highland Park, Illinois shooting will be laid to rest today. This as a suspected shooter's uncle, Paul Caremo, apologized on behalf of the family. We're just sorry. We're just sorry. We're, 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 we're very sorry. U.S. Secret Service Director James Murray will retire from his post at the end of this month after a 32-year career in the federal government and three years at the helm of the agency. Murray's departure comes a week after the denial of an alleged altercation between former President Donald Trump and his security detail ahead of the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol. This was all following an explosive congressional testimony from former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. 800-478-7733. While there are few signs of COVID-19 precautions, cases are on the rise. In New York City, cases are up more than 17% from two weeks ago. And in Los Angeles County, they are moving closer to what the Center for Disease Control and Prevention categorized as a high level of community transmission, which would trigger the return of a mass mandate. The Omicron subvariant BA5, the fastest spreading form of Omicron so far, is responsible for more than half of all new cases in the nation. That's according to the CDC. Elon Musk says he's withdrawing from his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. 
In a securities filing, Musk accused Twitter of lying about the number of bots and spam accounts on the platform. This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Cameron, you got to turn up the audio to us to make sure you don't forget that or I'll miss the break. <laughs> All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Live and on your radio, Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, hard-hitting talk about McCarthyism. We're talking about projection, the dark art of projection, and how evil it really is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they do it all the time. It's deceptive. It's dishonest. It's immoral, to say the least. But we're talking about this flawed character, uh, Mr. McCarthy. Uh, who this kind of topic is named after. Uh, and it's important to understand this guy was a flawed character. And the fray around the edges started to happen. When you talk to the guy, it was kind of mush. Uh, these are the people that you could never really get a handle on. You know, where does Donald Trump really stand on issues? Is he for or against gun control? Well, he's for it, Sam. Okay, what about all the comments against it? Well, he had to say that in the media, Sam, because if he didn't, uh, then he'd get slaughtered by the enemies and, Therefore, he's just he's just playing the game, Sam. Oh, isn't that McCarthy? We're just playing the game there. We'll say anything, anywhere, to any audience we got to say uh, to move the needle. To move the needle where, Sam? Well, we're going to get to that, huh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they, they do all sorts of intellectual gymnastics to justify the decision because there is no other choice. They realize that uh, a Ron Paul or a Rand Paul or, you know, some other – constitutionally based politician is never going to rise to power. So they, they're relegated to choosing one of the two options. And, you know, the least worst option to them is their hero, which doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, getting back to McCarthy. So uh, in 1951, they actually held hearings. And we have to remember that the Democrats were held the, the presidency. They, they held the House and the Senate at this time. But McCarthy was beginning, in spite of his flaws, Sam, he was actually beginning to become more and more popular in the eyes of the people because the people back then, early 1950s, they were, for the most part, a righteous people. We were a righteous nation in the early 50s, in fact, throughout the entire 50s. So reluctantly, the Democrat-controlled Congress, the House specifically, began to, to hold hearings. They call them the Select Subcommittee of the Senate Foreign – I guess this was the Senate. I apologize. I said the House. So the select subcommittee of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, um, rather than in, so they they held these hearings, but rather than pursuing the question of whether there were in fact communists and Soviet infiltrators embedded within the State Department and related agencies, the Democrat Millard Tidings focused on McCarthy himself. The Millard Tidings, by the way, was the chair of the committee. They focused on McCarthy himself, faulting him for reopening cases which had already been disposed of by previous committees, deflecting the investigation with procedural, technical, and ad hominem material, which resulted in a committee report which largely largely exonerated the targets of the McCarthy investigations. So I think they use these hearings reluctantly to give um, Joe, Joseph McCarthy exposure so that they could point out his personal flaws. Otherwise, why would they? Why would a, a democratically controlled Congress uh, consent to hold these hearings if they were going to embarrass the Democrats? It yeah, doesn't it, make it any was sense. Also, it was also not only to point out McCarthy's flaws, Chris, but it was also to give a double 
shutdown on these investigations to make sure they never really saw the light of day. In other words, let's use McCarthy to mock him. Let's use these ad hominems attacks on him to literally create subterfuge with the purpose of saying, hey, you'll never get back to these. Because now if anybody brings it up, look, these investigations happened. There was a nothing burger. Then Joe, whacked out Joe, came up, and again, nothing burger. You really want to talk about this again? You're so discredited, it's not even funny, is the lie. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. It's to kind of dampen the spirit for you know future proceedings along those lines. And that's another strategy that they use, and, and a lot of people don't realize that. So they continued hearings. They really didn't come up with anything, but they did manage to accuse Joseph McCarthy of ruining people's lives. And that was something over and over and over that was repeated and reiterated and cemented in the minds of the people. This, this guy's ruining people's careers. Well, some of those peoples were actually actual communists. They actually did come up with, with some people who were card-carrying communists. And let's, let's just mention a few of them right now. And there were subsequent hearings, and I don't think we need to go into that uh, because they had a, a total of, I think, four or five hearings over the next three years. And we don't okay. need to go into all the hearings, but we do need to give people a summary of kind of what was the bottom line with all the hearings. The answer is? Um, the answer is? Take all the hearings. Like, What's the answer to all of them? They blamed McCarthy. They mm -hmm. uh, created all these attacks. They really got to the bottom of what? Um, I think they got to the bottom of the fact that uh, Joseph McCarthy Carthy was a flawed human being and that uh, we, we should uh, be careful how we go about ruining people's careers. I think that was the upshot. I think the American people, for the most part, saw through that. But I think the Democrats did make some progress in creating this illusion that right-wing extremists like Joseph McCarthy, and I use the word right-wing extremists in uh, air quotes, um, are dangerous to the stability of the social fabric of our country. I think that was the intent, and I think to a degree they accomplished that objective, but he was still pretty popular. He did get reelected, and the chair of the meeting, uh, Miller Tidings, actually lost his seat in Congress or in the Senate the next year, which is uh, a pretty good sign that the American people were, were in support of McCarthy and McCarthyism. Um, but what they were what really in support of, Chris, what they were really in support mm -hmm. of is in a sea of 100% lies, they got a guy that would tell them some of the truth, and they gravitated towards that. Yep, That's what really did. gave him somewhat credibility or somewhat of a, uh, of a, of a leg to stand on in the first place. Yep, they did. Now, now let's go back in, in a little bit in history to, to the 40s under the Franklin Delano Roosevelt in, uh, in administration. You have figures like Harry Hopkins, who was uh, President Roosevelt's New Deal advisor, who was literally outed as a communist. You have uh, President Roosevelt's economic advisor, Harry Dexter White, who was outed as a communist. And he was the one that wanted to turn Germany into an agricultural-based economy after World War II to ensure that they would never rise to the same level of power that they did before the war, you know, to prevent you know future uh, conflicts in in Europe like that. Which to me is a horrible idea. Why would you turn the the most technologically advanced country in Europe into an agricultural-based economy? <laughs> 
you know, obviously that didn't uh, come to fruition. Uh, his economic advisor, because agricultural based economies, uh, if uh, the wrong people are in power, uh, help communism perfect itself. Yeah, that's good point. That's why. Good point. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And then there's there's the elephant in the room, Alger Hiss, who was supported by the um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt information, who was outed as a communist, um, but uh, and he was committed to perjury for lying about his relationship um, with uh, what's. And then he was actually sentenced to four years in prison as a result of his of perjury before Congress. Alger Hiss. Sorry about the dog. Let me get him out. Anyway, there's a whole list. And then if you could review the New Deal programs themselves, Sam, and this is actual implementation of communist slash socialist programs that to me implicate the fact that not only were they their communists in the State Department, but throughout the government, the federal government in general. And I'll just give you a partial list of some of the New Deal programs that were implemented. So security, purely and unequivocally socialist. Uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps, purely socialist or communist. Federal Emergency Relief Administration, purely unconstitutional. The Civil Works Administration, the Works Progress Administration. And um, all of these programs were implemented under a government that was supposed to have been constrained by the limitations of the Constitution, and they were not. Okay. To me, anything that Joseph McCarthy, any names that he could have divulged of people in the State Department or related agencies has a, a lot less, carries a lot less water than the very fact that these socialistic, communistic organizations were literally implemented before the American people. Uh, in violation of, of these politicians and bureaucrats' oaths. To me, that holds a lot more water and is a lot more evidence of the fact that there were, in fact, communistic uh, collectivist uh, tendencies in not only the State Department, but in the uh, executive department itself. And well, we and one of, the ways on to know, one of the ways to know that McCarthy was not true to the mission uh, completely is that hey even though he exposed and shut down a lot of people in many ways the fact is communism prospered in conjunction with his actions think about that ladies and gentlemen we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about this further in seconds on your radio We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. freedomfactor.org. 
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so communism prospered, believe it or not, simultaneous with McCarthy doing his best to expose and shut him down. How did that happen? You know, on one hand, you're exposing a bunch of communists and we should be rounding them out, but really communism prospered uh, simultaneous with his efforts, Chris. I find that fascinating, chilling, in fact. Yeah. So, you know, bringing it forward to modern times, Sam, so McCarthyism is, is a term that we often hear. A lot of people, I don't think, really understand the roots of thereof. But it has become synonymous of right-wing conspiracy theorists who are paranoid and, you know, think that, that there are conspiracies afoot in our government. So every time we get a little closer to the truth, Sam, which there are conspiracies. I mean, conspiracies are just two or more people conspiring to do something evil. I mean, that's the definition of conspiracy, right? Even a dummy like I can, can, can cite that definition. But as soon as we get close to the truth, like, you know, they're – there's this concerted effort on the part of international bankers to um, drive us into a, world, a new world government. They call us uh, McCarthyites, or they accuse us of McCarthyism. And it's a tool that they've, they've cultivated over the years to discount the truths that we uncover through our investigations. So they've, they've effectively turned something that I believe was a good movement, you know, exposing communism in the 1950s in our government, and they've twisted around to the point where, you know, now we're the enemies of the state instead of them being the enemies of the state. And they've done that very effectively. And, they, and they've put McCarthy, they've put Joe up there as their whipping boy to hammer home the theory, the idea that, hey, anytime you bring up anything, you know what, um, dismiss this, it's a witch hunt dismiss this it doesn't matter it's just a right-wing conspiracy whacked out crazy theory etc and really the mccarthyites are using this through projection very well they're saying hey donald trump's tied into russia oh whoops it was hunter biden sorry <laughs> oh um, <laughs> donald trump is is uh, uh messing with the elections and stuff 
oh, wait a minute, that was Hillary. Sorry about that. Um, and, and so this projection and this McCarthyism goes hand in hand because what they do is through projection they create these witch hunts, knowing full well that at the end of the day there will be no pay dirt, but knowing full well also that it will carry the day if the media carries their ball, Chris. Yep, exactly. And it's been effective because we as human beings, Sam, we are not only logical based, but a lot of people are more emotionally based than they are logically based. And it's easy to get us off the track of the truth when they appeal to our emotions and they ridicule us and they make us feel small and insignificant because they control the media. They control the message and they can make us uh, feel small and insignificant. You know, when they uh, array their resources against us and we need to realize that God is on our side and with him, we cannot lose. But, you know, we get intimidated by their power, but their power now, is only think temporary. Think about this example to make the point. Let's use Barack Obama to highlight this. So Barack Obama forged a birth certificate. Either he did or people did on his behalf. Okay. And Joe Arpaio, former sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona, really had a crack team of investigators who I knew well and, and worked with them, um, Michael Zillow and others, and they proved that this birth certificate was a forgery. Okay, but here's the thing. Think about this projection for a minute. Think about this McCarthyism. Think how the principle, the dishonest dark art of projection, along with this McCarthyism idea, that at the end of the road, there'll be a nothing burger. Think about all that to cover up the truth in this. So Barack Obama literally forges or has a birth certificate forged. Mm -hmm. Guys like me bring it up and highlight it. <clears throat> Guys like me literally work with um, investigative journalists, Jerome Corsi and others. And they literally go to Kenya. They go all over the country, all over the world. They go to Hawaii. They, I mean... <laughs> Um, he literally was on my show after being released from jail in Kenya and going to Hawaii. He was on my show in the middle of the night in Hawaii, just after he got released from prison. That's Jerome Corsi mm -hmm. reporting on this. So we really had real intel. We went to Milani Hospital. We went to all these places. And all the evidence points to a forged birth certificate and, and, and different truisms to the points that, that Barack made about his life and his birth and all these different things. All the facts did not add up. Well, at the end of the day, what do they say? Sam, you're a birther. Sam, you're <laughs> just a whacked out conspiracy theorist birther. And I'm yep. going, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about his birth. Why am I the birther? Well, because, Sam, you believe that there's something wrong with Barack's birth. You don't believe the official story. Well, wait a minute. I don't know where he was born. I'm not making accusations of where he was born. But I believe his father was a communist. Yes. All right? And I believe Frank, his father was actually Frank Marshall Davis. Frank Marshall Davis. Yep. I believe and I that, don't, too. I believe that it wasn't really about the, the location of his birth, which may be still in question. But I believe it was that nobody would go for a president of the United States where his father was a former outed communist. All right. And so you look at this and you go, at the end of the day, it's all about a forged birth certificate. It's about forgery. It's not even about birth or where you yep. were born. Or any, so it was a double. See, I'm, the, I'm the birther. That's the ultimate project in projection. That's the ultimate in manipulation, the ultimate in this McCarthyism idea 
where at the end of the day, I'm just a bad guy, right wing conspiracy theorist, um, uh, bad guy. I'm, I'm the guy making these false conspiracy theory allegations. Um, never mind that no one's focused on the truth now. I'm just a birther and everybody goes, ah, and moves on. And the, and the label sticks. Nine times out of ten, the label sticks, even among conservatives, because they don't want to have those labels attached to their reputations, Sam. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, if you want to get true, everyone's a birther who's been born, just so you know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, as trite and jaded as that little scheme may sound, it works. And that's why they keep using it over and over again. And it's it's very simple, but people, unfortunately, are more emotionally based in their orientation than they are logically based, or I would say divinely based. They they fear man more than they fear God. So they, they willingly, true. yeah, they willingly suspend, uh, what is, what is it? Uh, uh, or uh, there's a word for it where you willingly suspend, uh, your disbelief, uh, cognizant, uh, dissonance, cognizant dissonance. And we allow yeah, because nobody wants to be on the wrong side of a discussion. Nobody wants to be laser-like <laughs> under the gun, so to speak. Nobody likes that focus on them in a negative way. Um, there's a few of us who don't care because we know better and we're so confident in our own understandings and in our own belief systems that we don't care what they say. They can call me a birther all day, and I say, yeah, let's just drill yeah. into the birth certificate and have a candid, open debate and jettison this birther term, and let's find out if the birth certificate was a forgery. Well, they won't talk about that. See, they won't drill into the real concepts of people. A race is another example. Hey, I'll debate race with somebody all day long, any day. Come on. But see, all these people will call me a racist, but none of them will debate the race discussion with me because they know they'll lose. They know the truth is on my side. And this is part of the McCarthyism idea. We're going to focus on whatever manipulated projection, whatever manipulated narrative that we're going to mock you for. We're going to take your narrative to the extreme to where it'll never fly. And then we're going to mock you for it, but we'll never really discuss the real issues with you either. We'll never really re have an open, honest, tell-all, transparent discussion. That's part of the McCarthyism is to make sure that real discussion never comes to light. It's full of innuendo. It's full of manipulation and debate and confusion. It's full of you can never track down the facts kind of discussion. And that's why I've mentioned that these people are so vague. Where do they stand? What is it really? Who are they really? What's going on? Martin Luther King was key at this as well. Yeah. In what way? Well, I mean, what was he supposedly promoting? Uh, equality between blacks and whites. Yeah. Except he was the ultimate racist. Uh, he was uh, a pervert. He, he pretended he was a Christian. He lied to you. Yeah. He raped women. He was a womanizer. Everywhere he went, at first it sounded peaceful with his nice speeches, but the second he disappeared, violence would break out. That was no accident, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and he had ties to the Communist Party, and he was uh, he was uh, he did a lot of things. I know James Edwards uh, has done shows on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't celebrate. <laughs> and, and we've done yeah, shows he... on that too. And so this is what I mean, though. See, but if I speak up and try to tell you the truth about Martin Luther King. What are they going to say I am? Yeah, racist. I'm McCarthyism there now, aren't I? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I, I don't want, I don't have a dream, see. I'm a bad no. guy. I, 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 I can't even respect somebody's character because I'm too tied down in my racism and my, see how this goes? 
Yeah. These same tactics are being used over and over. It's part projection. It's part dishonesty. Uh, it's part marginalized by using the right-wing status, the right-wing extremist conspiracy terms. Uh, and these are used to, to demonize folks, marginalize and demonize. And McCarthyism is at the center of it all, Chris. Yep. And it's almost as if they, they wanted McCarthy to rise to power and get the exposure so that they could use that terminology against us in the future. I I think I think Satan is actually in control of this whole scheme from the 6,000 years uh, all the way up till today of mankind. And he had, he's had every historical event planned to his favor so that he could use these historical events against us. And eventually, you know, his ultimate goal was to merge us into this world government over which he would have complete and total control. We would be complete and total slaves. Yeah, yeah, you're one of those America first guys, aren't you, Chris? <laughs> I'm humanity first, Sam. Don't accuse me of just being exclusive no, to you're, one you're, country. You're, you're America first guy. You're a Trumpite. <laughs> you're a, and well, this is how they'll see they'll marginalize this discussion to where gl- global governance, even though it's as evil as it sounds, um, they want you to believe that it's that it's inert, that it's no problem, that it's just your your paranoia, your schizophrenia, your your conspiracy theorist attitudes. That's the only real problem, and so therefore well, they am, call them they call them U.S. firsters, right? Yep. But I want Great Britain to be Great Britain first. I want Germany to be Whoa. Germany first. Japan to be Japan first. I want everybody to have a copy of our constitution with all of its flaws. And I'm with Joel Scouse, and I think that we they our founding fathers could have written uh, more restrictions into it, or at least clearer restrictions, so that no mistakes could be made and violating the precepts embodied therein. And I think everybody should live as free as Americans once lived in this country. So I'm not only American first, I'm everybody first, wherever you want to call home. Yeah, that's like Sam saying he believes that we're all God's children and we should treat each other like it. But you're still a racist. <laughs> you're still a America first guy. You're just, you're just, and you're the bad guy. You're a conspiracy theorist and you're right wing. You and McCarthy well, you are know, really bedfellows. Well, you know, that's a good segue. You you know, you talk about us all being God's children. That's a great segue into the Georgia Guidestones, which if you want to cover next hour, we could, or we could go into Ben Swan, whatever you'd like. Both of them are coming up, ladies and gentlemen, right here on your radio. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Stimulating conversation, to say the least, always when we're on the radio. Uh, LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, share the love, tell the tale of liberty. Every day, 24-7, promote God, family, and country. Will you please? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for July 9th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers are one of the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Chris Carlson is with me for the second hour. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty. Georgia Guidestones, very, very, very strange. So in Georgia, there's what's called the Georgia Guidestones. And in the 1980s, I can't remember exactly when, right around 1980 or so, uh, somehow these Georgia Guidestones just got put up and no one knows how, why, or where, or what, but they were instantly put up. And they've been there for quite some time, Chris. Yeah, they've been there for these last, what, 40 years, 40 plus years. And no, yeah, that's the mystery. Nobody can really uh, tell whether that was a, a private endeavor or a public endeavor paid for by taxpayer dollars. It ends, up, it, it ends up that it was a public endeavor. You know, the globalists, they always like to uh, use our money to uh, accomplish their objectives, as you know. Um, so, yeah, so a, an interesting event occurred. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, somebody came along with a big bomb and, and blew about a third of it uh, sky high and it sounds like they're going to demolish the rest of the structure and they already I would did. say good riddance they already did okay good they already did yes sir yeah well I'd, I'll say now, good riddance the interesting but... thing. this whole thing from the beginning to the end is interesting number one it materialized out of nowhere with no explanation it got destroyed in a way out of nowhere with no explanation they've got some person on video that runs up and blows it up on video, but they don't know who it is. Of course, uh, they don't have any driver's license plate information or anything else to track the person. For some strange reason, and this is what makes me think conspiracy theory on this one, uh, because, you know, what's interesting, it was literally demolished completely within hours of the initial bombing. So bombing destroyed part of it. And then intentional demolition took it down. They claimed that it was too dangerous that they left it standing after that. But when do you see, uh, you don't you don't rope it off, you don't cordon it off, you don't declare it a crime scene, you don't do any of these things. You just simply get rid of the whole thing. We'll never find out who did this with that kind of action because all the markers, all the signatures now, well, which is the demolition versus which was the bomb versus who did what, you'll never, ever be able to know. I believe that's intentional and smacks of serious problems, Chris. Yeah, and I it it does sound a lot uh, very suspicious, Sam. I will admit that, and I'm you know always looking for ulterior motives for that having happened. So what what would be their motives, Sam? How would the the international order gain from uh, somebody having blown it up and then having this structure destroyed? Do you, do you think they want to get rid of it because it's drawing too much attention to their uh, agenda? Well, so let's talk a little bit about what the Georgia Guidestones are. 
Yes, it was kind of a monument, if you will, put up in Georgia. Yes, it was created in the 80s and no one knows how it really got there. Yes, it sat there for 40 years and now it's demolished under very strict. Everything about the whole Georgia Guidestones smacks of conspiracy and strange happenings, to say the least, right? Well, let's talk about what it was supposed to symbolize and what it, what it was. There's actually, uh, as far as I understand, um, attributions of, of intentions to these Georgia Guidestones. They're not just stones. There's a whole philosophy behind it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, the the interesting aspect of this. That's why we're talking about it, because there are ten commandments or ten precepts upon which um, this whoever constructed it uh, wants society to be based upon. So let's go. You want to start off with number one? Yeah, go ahead, sir. Okay, the number one is probably the most controversial one, the one that people cite the most frequently. Sam, it says, and this is word for word: maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature. And I assume that's 500 million human beings. I don't think they're talking about it. other organisms. But yeah, and the I problem think, with this whole scenario is its population not only control in terms of uh, not increasing the population, which is usually what's thought of with population control. This is intention, intentional population reduction uh, to the mm-hmm. point of about 500,000 people. And the assumption is that somehow some whacked out or i'm sorry 500 million some whacked out person though uh decided that that was what was balanced with nature that's the the amount of people that the earth could support uh assuming Mm -hmm. kind of a godlike role in this um in my opinion immoral dishonest satanic assumption Mm -hmm. yeah so that would uh require sam that we eliminated about 7.4 billion people from planet earth today Assuming yeah, maybe they're going a little to bit do more it, nowadays. Well, yeah, well, our population is around 7.8 billion. We're pushing 8 billion people on the planet Earth. So, yeah. So, how, I mean, are you, are they going to do that through attrition or are they going to do that through uh, vaccination? Are they going to do that through war or all yes, of the above? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, that's that should, uh, you know, raise red flags in the minds of, uh, citizens who are concerned not i say world citizens not just national citizens who are concerned about their own survival and the survival of their individual families uh yeah that is concerning. but the first tenant the first tenant of the georgia guidestones are we have got to have serious population reduction to about 500 million people insane yep. next one yep number two guide reproduction wisely Improving fitness and diversity. So again, it's very vague. Um, guide reproduction, which would I'm sure entail uh, abortion, because that's yes. the quickest way to, and uh, you know, nowadays to guide reproduction. I would, I would assume. On one hand, that's, this is very vague. On the other hand, this focuses directly on eugenics, Chris. Yeah, eugenics, which which has always been popular. Amongst all the way back hundreds of years, they think that uh, the population is is corrupted through uh, allowing degenerates, imbeciles, morons. Uh, and these are specific terms uh, that are scientifically based. Um, they, they think there are too many uh, dumb people on the earth, and they think that they're as the elitists that that they should uh, their uh, seed should be favored over those. 
of um, of these inferior beings. Well, it's the only kind thing to do. Oh yeah, yeah. Not only for humankind, but for Gaia, which uh, if you know anything about um, modern day mythology, Gaia is Mother Earth, and they believe that Mother Earth has just as much legitimacy to to live. Um, legitimately or you know live comfortably as human beings i mean she has just as much uh right to you know her favoritism that as as human beings which i agree but yeah disagree because i i have some interesting beliefs about about planet earth i believe that uh the earth is a living organism and that god created it but i think she is favored by righteous people living upon her and I think that uh, she is disturbed by wicked people living upon her, and that she groaneth. And God's law is sin. that the earth was created for man in a positive interaction, a positive uh, involvement or stewardship, if you will. Whereas Satan uh, believes and teaches that the earth and humans are at complete odds and always will be, except for the chosen few. Yes. Yep. And eventually, you know, those will be eliminated by Satan. See, Satan, you know, he pretends to favor certain groups of people when, in fact, he hates us all. Well, he will jettison them at the end. He will, yeah, he'll use them until they're used up. And when their utility to him is uh, no longer available, then he'll abandon them just like he abandoned the first group of people that he destroyed from planet Earth. So he has no loyalties to anybody. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language and this harkens back to about um the first millennial of this uh earth's existence where they were trying to build a tower to get to heaven everybody spoke the same language and uh, god was not uh, happy about either of those two realities and that's where he confounded the language at the tower of babel so they're trying to re looks like they're trying to reconstruct society as it was um envisioned during the time of the Old Testament's uh, construction of the Tower of Babel. But this is a reconstruction in modern times. What they want to do is God had the religions, or I'm sorry, the, the languages uniform, and because of the wickedness, it got destroyed, and now languages are divergent. Mm-hmm. What they want to do, though, is consolidate one language under their leadership as they replace God. That's their intention. Yep. Yep. So, and then God didn't like it back then, and He will not favor it nowadays. Number four, uh, rule passion, uh, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. So we're gonna uh, looks like we're going to replace religion with reason. In other words, we're going to replace one religion with another because you know anybody's conception of how society should be organized and run is in fact uh, a manifestation of one's religion. Humanism is just as much a religion as Christianity, Sam. Without question. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. We've gone through four. We've got a few more. We're talking about the Georgia Guidestones. Very strange happenings. And we'll get to why uh, we think they destroyed it coming up in seconds, too. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today. 
and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off with America surrendering to terrorists. Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain of the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bush with Chris Carlson on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, to say the least. We're talking about the Georgia Guidestones. We're talking about how everything about them is absolutely strange, but the ideology behind it, the most concerning is they promote global governance, flat-out tyranny, communism, under the leadership of a few elite, 500 million of them, which sounds like a lot of people, but when you realize they want the rest of us off the planet and gone, because they somehow believe that will balance nature with the earth. This psychotic, satanic agenda is highlighted in the ideology behind the Georgia Guidestones. The Georgia Guidestones materialized out of nothing in the 80s. They then now are completely destroyed, part by an unidentified bomber, part by demolition. But everything about them is strange. The ideology is the key. We've talked about the first four kind of principles, five, Chris. Number five, and I like this one actually, Sam, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. And who can argue against that, Sam? Surely you don't uh, think that fair laws and just courts should uh, not be upheld, do you? Come on. Well, this is exactly, though, where we get the Martin Luther King, I have a dream, okay? I agree that we should judge people based on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. I agree with that ideology. The problem is that when you and I use terms, and they use terms, we're not talking about the same things. So a fair law to you would be, say, equality for all men. All men are equal before God and before the law. Uh, They don't believe that, you see. The laws would favor them. And you can see this in Hillary Clinton and and Bill Clinton's uh, interactions. Look, Hillary Clinton literally had an email server that was illegal. There was no accountability or repercussions for that. But, of course, if it was you, you'd be in jail. You'd never see daylight, okay? Uh, if it was um, 
Hillary Clinton, for example, uh, and she creates a dossier on an opposing candidate for president, and she creates it and funds it, and then, hey, we find out there's no accountability for her. She's not going to jail. That's just a crazy notion that would be for you. For her, it's okay because you know what? She's in this special 500 million group. She has special privilege to where you have none. And so it's, it's really um, these rules apply to thee, not to me mentality. And so when you think, hey, that sounds great. Yeah, it's like the I have a dream speech. It does sound great. If it was truly applied morally and righteously, uh, it would be great. The problem is so, that's not how it's applied. That's not how they okay. implement it. That's not how their view is. So, Sam, are you suggesting that our benevolent overlords might interpret fair laws and just courts differently than you and I would? I'm saying that's the fact, and history proves it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you that. I, I, I was holding out some hope for these people <laughs> just for a moment. <laughs> all right. You, you brought me back down to earth. Thank, thank you, Sam. Okay. Number six, let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Well, I think we've got a world court all, already in The Hague, don't we? The International yes, court but, I, but I jettison a world court, and I say that it encroaches on our, on our sovereignty, and we have no authority or no business making treaties or agreements or any other um, type of contract that would negate or encroach on or infringe on our sovereignty. Uh, so to me, we reject that out of hand, and this is where then they'll mock me saying you're a, you're somehow an America firster or you're a whatever. Uh, they'll say that somehow it's race and my white views that drive me to this. And okay, systemically though they lie. Okay, and the truth is, hey, I don't want our sovereignty breached. I want America to negotiate its relationship with the world from an America point of view, not a global point of view. From an American point of view, our laws internally are absolutely the authority. And so we're going to respond externally based on that contract with we the people. And anything that goes international then will negate the authority. So government drives its consent or its power from the consent of the governed. It will no longer do that. Government will drive its power from the global entity. And that replacing yeah. of authority and sovereignty is the key problem. It's how they want to supplant God. They want to supplant us with a global governance, a body of, quote, elite administrators, think 500 million now, uh, that would maybe do that for us. Okay, but it's ill-advised. Uh, it smacks of, uh, in my opinion, criminal activity. Uh, those who would make those agreements have sworn an oath to the supreme law of our land, but then they would betray if they agree to these uh, type of uh, negotiations or agreements of any kind, Chris. Yeah, and of course, you know, all the underlying implication of all of these principles that they're they're put that they put on the Georgia Guidestones, it implies that we would have to jettison our constitutional protections, especially the Bill of Rights, you know, because everything would then be administered on a global level. All local uh gover governmental principles would have to be subordinate to that world government. So, yeah, that's that's an implication that they don't mention here, but I just wanted to point that out. So number six, number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Again, they they want to uh, emphasize more the global aspect of global, global government. And as you said, they want to jettison uh, local officials, local laws, local courts, 
uh, local jurisdictions. They want to jettison that. And the reason the reason they want to jettison what they call petty laws, but uphold the law, is because they want to create a group that you cannot have uh, levels of of accountability for. So once the buck stops with oh. them, the ultimate law, then they're in control and there's nowhere to appeal, my friend. However, when it comes to petty laws, they love the anarchy on the local level uh, because then there's there's mayhem that only they control. So That's it leaves right. you and I to the wolves, but it leaves them for the ultimate no appeal say. And may I suggest that that's how they're going to eliminate 7.5 billion of us because once there's chaos at the local level, well, how do you resolve that problem? You well, they have to crack down. It's only in your best interest, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's how they're going to reduce the population by 94%. <laughs> you know, all of these inter- military interventions to uh, quell rebellions on the local levels. Anyway. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Yeah, we hear a lot about that today, don't we? Yeah, and this is where the deception comes because when you put those two on the altar together, which one will prevail? The more you insist on your personal rights, the more they'll say you're jettisoning duty. Pretty soon you're going to be a domestic threat to the duty that all normal, right-thinking individuals have, and therefore the flaw in your character is evident. You and Omar McCarthy and everybody else think somehow that your individualistic notions matter. Well, they do as long as they don't collide with the general edict from on high, if you will. That's where we're headed with this ideology, folks. That's where it is. And if you go look and study the religions of the United Nations and everything else, they say you can have your own religious beliefs all you want. As long as they don't collide with the general ethical view, though. You got that, Chris? That's how this is breaking down, folks. Yes, sir. No, very well put. Now, I'm going to turn this on. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to turn it on its head. Balance personal rights with social duties. I'm going to say your social duty is to respect my personal rights, and I have to reciprocate and do the same to you. And if we do that, we will have social law and order, and that's the best way to maintain it, by respecting individual personal rights. So that's that's true, but they'll have it the opposite way. They will say that the general right. outweighs the personal, the individual. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how America has been run for, for the last 230 years, you know, by respecting individual personal rights and holding them sacrosanct. Time for those extremist white men to be stopped finally. Finally. And, you know, finally. 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 That's why things are so wonderful today, and nobody wants to go back in, into the 1950s and 60s when <laughs> when life was so – so horrible and evil and you know black people yeah, were I close my eyes and take me back is all i can say oh yeah i'd go back to the 70s in a minute sam if i could i mean those those were when my greatest memories were realized anyway moving on we got to move on number nine prize truth beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite now if you can interpret that sam i will give you a cookie because i don't Buddy, here's my cookie. You know what the infinite stands for, don't you? Um, I know what it means, but that might not be what they mean. Well, you tell me. The point that you got to understand: infinite to you means God. Yes. And infinite to you means all the attributes of God is what they're talking about here, and that's wonderful. Their infinite is Satan, my friend. 
Right, and their right. infinite is completely opposite from yours. And so when they say infinite, what they're talking about is infinite tyranny. So mm-hmm. you know what? We want you to have the right emotions about our plan. And if you don't, you really need help. Can you stay a little longer, Chris? Yeah, I'll stay a little longer, Sam. We'll do number 10 here in seconds. Then we'll let Chris fly, and then i got a bunch of stuff for you, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Intriguing talk radio, is it not? Hang tight for in seconds on your favorite talk station. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. The White House is encouraging people to be, quote, really careful when using period tracking apps and making online searches for reproductive care in states with stringent abortion restrictions. Jen Klain, director of White House Gender Policy. I I wouldn't say we're directing people, but I think people should be really careful about that. And one of the things that HHS did just last week was, as part of this website and also made public in other ways, is literal instructions, practical instructions of how to delete certain apps um, that are on your phone um, so that if you want to protect yourself, you have the ability to do that. 13 U.S. states have so-called trigger laws that would immediately ban abortion, and more states will ban or restrict abortions in the coming months. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. 800-478-7733. President Biden signed an executive order aimed at protecting access to abortion. He was facing pressure from fellow Democrats to be more forceful on the subject after the Supreme Court ended a constitutional right to the procedure two weeks ago. The president blasted the court's decision and urged women and men to vote for pro-choice candidates in November. A man from Florida is being convicted for helping ISIS. A Florida man will spend 20 years in federal prison for attempting to provide material support to ISIS. The Justice Department announced Romeo Langhorn was sentenced in a case dating back to 2014. In his guilty plea, the 32-year-old man admitted to using social media accounts to voice his support for the terrorist group. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. This is USA Radio News.
Live and on your radio, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, hard-hitting talk, first hour, first hour about McCarthyism. Second hour, talking about the Georgia Guidestones, ladies and gentlemen. It just got blown up two days ago. Strangely, it's not even in the news, hardly. No one's talking about it at all. Um, it appeared from nowhere, and it disappeared from nowhere. But the principles enshrined therein that we're sitting there for the last 40-plus years are shocking uh, and really uh, unveils. Um, the attempt of the elite to literally remake the world in their fashion, a tyrannical, a uh, abusive, a violation of rights scenario where they're the gods and you and I are the chaff that they lord over. They want to do this through population reduction, through the manipulation of rights, putting them on the altar of global entities. Uh, and really, it's the destruction of everything we hold dear, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, number 10. Yeah, and as, as you said, Sam, we need to realize for anybody who may think that these are, are good principles to govern our world by, well, let me uh, inform you, the elite, the people who are going to be running the New World Order, they're not going to be living by these principles. They're going to foist them upon us. We're going to be required to live by them. Uh, anyway, number ten. Be not a. Well, and one one last point to one last point to highlight this: how the rules are for 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 thee and not for me. If I'm the elitist, you, my friend, need to start going to work on your bicycle. You need to pedal your way to work. Now, I need to fly around the globe in my jet to make sure that everyone mm-hmm. is doing what they're supposed to be doing. You got that? See, and that's how it's working folks. Look, some of these actresses and actors and famous people and politicians, they use more emissions in a day than I use in a year. But see, that matter yeah. not because they're the ones that lord over us. They're the ones that have special privilege because, look, they believe they're on a somehow uh, holier-than-thou greater mission to protect us all from ourselves. See, yeah. that's the idea well, behind this. Yeah, that that's what the definition of elite is, you know, people that don't have to live by the rules that they impose upon us. So, number 10, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. And then they repeat that same statement, leave room for nature. So, I guess human and beings... And what does uh, that mean, right? Yeah, Who decides what room for nature is? See, in my world, yeah. in the Bible, God says there's plenty and room to spare. And so he says to multiply and replenish the earth, and that's never been rescinded. And so yep. I believe that we're supposed to have more children, bring more people to the world. I think that's the work and the glory of God to do so. And it's our partnership with him as husbands and wives to provide mortal, mortal tabernacles for God's children, God's spirits on the earth. And I believe that God, every time we have more people and every time there's a need, we have advancements in farming. We have advancements in our food production. We have advancements in in all kinds of ways, God will take care of his own. But this notion jettisons that and says, look, we don't see a way that uh, humans and nature can coexist unless we drastically scale back the humans to be in balance with our so-called vision of nature or our view. Okay, this is where they again play God, Chris, and they deny the very God and the inception of their idea in the first place. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be stewards on this land, and I believe that the the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom is actually blessed by the presence of mankind on the earth. That that's and if you'll recall in the Old Testament, uh, mankind, the creation of mankind just before God rested on the seventh day, was God's crowning achievement. 
you know, he waited, he, he uh, saved the, the best for last. And that was us, Sam. And, you know, we can be a cancer on the earth. I'll, I'll say that if we do not exercise our stewardships righteously. But, you know, in as much as we are exercising our stewardships righteously, Sam, I think we can be a net blessing upon planet Earth and not a curse or a cancer. Well, and who decides that? Is it God Almighty, the author of our liberty? Or is it some star chamber man-made, the arm of flesh uh, idea of, of, of remaking the world to be in harmony with nature and to leave room for nature? And leave room. Whose nature is it, ladies and gentlemen? If we're talking about God's nature, the nature of God, he created me and you in his image. How are we at odds with nature would be my question. But see, that conversation can only happen, Chris, if you believe in and are willing to look to God for guidance. If you're not willing to, you can't have this conversation. And, and there... And therein is the, the the root of our problem, Sam. We've turned our backs on God. And I don't mean to sound like a broken record because we repeat that principle over and over and over again. To the degree that we turn our backs on God and turn our hearts and our minds and our visions to government for reconciliation for our problems, we will fail. And I, I would like to read I believe that picture this. that you made reference. Yeah, go ahead, Okay, sir. go ahead, Sam. So I and, and if you don't mind, Sam, I'm going to uh, leave on this note, but I will read that scripture that you did make reference to a, a few minutes ago. For the earth is full and there is enough and to spare. Yea, I prepare all things and have given unto the children of men to be agents unto themselves. Doctrine and Covenants, section 104, verse 17. And uh, at that, yeah, I will bid you adieu. Thank you, I'm sir. Sorry. You bet. And have a wonderful day, Sam. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. But that scripture is in, in a Mormon a book called The Doctrine and Covenants, but it's also biblical-based, too. In the Bible, it speaks of there's room enough to spare uh, as well. So let's be very clear about that. Now, I also want to make another point about this this view of God. You know, the Georgia Guidestones are a very strange conspiracy theory all from the get-go, from its very inception to its destruction to the principles that were enshrined. I believe the reason that they allowed this to be destroyed <clears throat> primarily is we're starting to get too close. What do I mean by that? We in talk radio are starting to really take them on. Think of the population reduction plan. We've now said at the general level, hey, no abortions, it goes to the states. Is it enough? Absolutely not. Is it a huge start? Without question, yes, it is. And so as we start to get close to them on all these issues about the environment, we're starting to have these battles about uh, – you know, the environment and the best way to, to go forward and, you know, do we use nuclear capabilities and power, or coal fire power plants, or do we just use wind and solar and hydro and, and whatever else? You know, this comes down to we're starting to gain the upper hand based on science, based on education with all these things. Yes, it's good to be a steward of the earth, but no, it's not good to have the government think we're an enemy to the planet and government's the only one to bring us into harmony. See, that's the problem. Well, anyway, we're getting too close to their 10 guidelines, if you will, guidestones. We're getting too close to these 10 issues in meaningful ways for discussion. And as I mentioned about the Hegelian dialectic and as I mentioned about um, projection in the last hour, as I mentioned about these things, they never want to have the real discussion. What they want to do is they want to cast dispersions from the shadows. 
what they want to do is make their allegations uh, in, a, in, a, in a situation where they cannot be refuted or you can't discuss it in a meaningful way. They want to marginalize you. They want to demonize you. Uh, they want to separate you from normal society um, without any rebuttal, without both sides of the story being told. They want to absolutely control the narrative. Well, we're getting so close to their narrative and busting it to pieces to where they want to jettison it. When they think that they can control the narrative, they want to mock you by putting their principles in your face, thus the Georgia Guidestones for the last 40 years. But when you get too close to the heart of the discussion, what they don't want is their commitment or their um, – I'm trying to think of the right word here – their viewpoint, their ideology. They don't want it in front of you for laser-like focus. So when they're not threatened, they want to put it in your face and mock you with it. But when you really get close and there's a real discussion about to happen, what they want to do is they want to then go into their vague attacks in the shadows because then they don't have to really articulate their view. For example, let's just take a quick example to make the point. If I were to get on international TV, because this is global, remember, they want to deal with everything globally. If I were to get on international TV and have a debate with some of these folks that want this population control, and I were to have a discussion with them about the eugenics movement and how evil that movement's been, and then they want – and I want to highlight the fact that they want to reduce the population to 500 million people. So look, we're going to get rid of 7.5 billion of us, and I want to highlight that and drill in now and say, listen, you're Georgia Guidestones and your elitist propaganda. You want to reduce – what? What percent of the planet, right? And it's 90 plus percent, maybe 94 percent kind of range. Okay. And, and how do you intend to get rid of these people? And what gives you the authority to have this vision to get rid of these people? See, they don't want to have that discussion because they either have to own it and say, yes, we want to remove this many people from the planet, or they have to deny it and say, no, that's not what we believe. What they want to do is remove it from discussion. They want to behind the scenes promote this agenda, but not be required to answer for it. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Back to the alive, ladies and gentlemen. So they don't want to answer for the points made in the Georgia Guidestones. They don't want to discuss openly, candidly, that they want to remove 7.5 billion people from the planet. They don't want to answer for pushing us into a global tyranny at the expense of American sovereignty. They don't want to answer for their replacement of God with their own ideology and their own intentions. Okay, They can't handle an open discussion. They can't handle an assault on their ideas because they will lose the battle and lose the court of public opinion. And so their goal is to now get rid of the Georgia Guidestones, leave their agenda vague, and push for it behind the scenes where only their partners in crime are aware of exactly what they're doing. Publicly, they want to spin it uh, Martin Luther King-esque, which is, I have a dream that we all live together in harmony, that we all have a stake in the outcome globally on the earth and that we all live with mother earth in unison and balance of nature and they want to spin these propaganda points to you in a very nice sounding way as martin luther king did but the evil is behind the scenes ladies and gentlemen make no mistake about that all right that's enough on the georgia guidestones but a very strange happening since it was blown up why did they get rid of it so quick after the bomber why didn't they cordon it off and try to find out who the bomber was you know, fingerprints, signatures of this or that. And you know, there's a lot of forensics that could have been done. But now that they've demolished the whole thing, there's no forensics that you can do. That is the biggest reason that I believe there's something more to this story than we're getting. It's not just some wacko blew it up and then, oh, golly, because it's partially standing now, it's unstable, it's unsafe, it's dangerous. We've got to get rid of it. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. They wanted the evidence gone. And my question is why? All right, moving on to the final topic of this broadcast. We're talking about our buddy Ben Swan. And we've told you for quite some time uh, about uh, vaccines, uh, about a lot of these different things here. Um, but he does a great job. Ben Swan breaks this stuff down in a real sense, a, a real meaningful way. Uh, what's the headline for this one, Cameron? Oh, yeah. Our psychiatric drugs related to these shootings and psychiatric drugs. And I've mentioned to you that they are. Now, uh, Ben Swan just did another one on, on uh, vaccines that I need to get to you too. 
we'll, we'll do that one, and I guess another day. Uh, this one, though, specifically relating to the shootings that have taken place over the last many years. And since these psychotropic drugs have been on the market and been literally dispensed like candy, it is just the mayhem is beyond imagination. And how come we keep talking about taking guns away from the good guys, but we ignore this topic? How do we have a real conversation about these shootings without discussing this? Big Pharma won't let us discuss it. But again, this comes back to the McCarthyism. I bring this up. They say you're a whacked out conspiracy theorist. Nothing here. But listen to Ben Swan, and you make up your own mind on the reality check. Let's start with a question. When it comes to the debate over mass shootings in America, why does the discussion always go toward tougher gun laws? And yet we're not talking about the role of antidepressants and other psychiatric medication. The truth, the connection between mass shooters and these meds is stunning. Let's give it a reality check you won't get anywhere else. And the link to psychiatric medication is deeply concerning. In 1989, 47-year-old Joseph T. Westbecker shot 20 workers in a Louisville, Kentucky factory, killing nine people, just a month after he began taking Prozac. The drug maker Eli Lilly and Company later settled a lawsuit brought by survivors. 1998, 15-year-old Oregon school shooter Kip Kinkle, he opened fire in his school cafeteria. He was also on Prozac. 1999, Columbine killer Eric Harris was on Lovix, another antidepressant. Now, an important fact about Lovix. According to author David Kuplerman from his book, How Evil Works, Lovix manufacturer Solvay Pharmaceuticals concedes that during short-term controlled clinical trials, 4% of children and youth taking Lovix, that's 1 in 25, developed mania, a dangerous and violence-prone mental derangement characterized by extreme excitement and delusion. Let's go back to that list of shooters again. In 2005, 16-year-old Jeff Weiss, living on Minnesota's Red Lake Indian Reservation, shot and killed nine people and wounded five others before killing himself. Weiss had been taking Prozac. 2007, the Virginia Tech shooter had shot and killed 32 people. Officials found prescription medicine related to the treatment of psychological problems among his personal belongings. That according to the New York Times. 2012, Colorado theater shooter James Holmes, he was reportedly prescribed the antidepressant Zoloft. 2013, Navy Yard shooter Aaron Alexis sprayed bullets at office workers and in a cafeteria, killing 13 people, including himself. Alexis had been prescribed Trazodone by his veteran affairs doctor. 2014, Elliot Roger went on a shooting spree after stabbing three men to death. He had been prescribed psychotropic drugs, that according to the LA Times. 2017, Las Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock, according to the Las Vegas Review Journal, Paddock had been prescribed diazepam. Diazepam is known by its brand name, Valium. That's how most of us would know it. It's a sedative, hypnotic drug in the class of drugs which studies have shown can trigger aggressive behavior. Paddock received his prescription in June of 2017. Just months later, in October, he carried out the deadliest shooting in modern American history. Now, there are dozens of other examples here, but to be clear, we're not saying that absolutely prescription drugs are to blame for mass shootings. The underlying issues of mental health, though, that these shooters all seem to have are alarming. And knowing that the majority of them were prescribed antidepressants, you have to consider this. Some of the most alarming side effects of Prozac include suicidal thoughts, self-mutilation, and manic behavior. Zoloft can cause hallucinations, agitation, and memory problems. For Valium, it's also hallucinations, depression, and thoughts of suicide. 
These are dangers that drug makers themselves are required to disclose. Now, the use of antidepressants in America has skyrocketed. As of 2013, 12% of Americans were filling prescriptions for them. And while millions of people do not suffer violent episodes, the drug makers warn that some people may and do. Now, you've heard some of those warnings in the commercials that those pharmaceutical companies pay to run on mainstream media networks. According to the New York Times, 771, 368 of those ads were shown in 2016. It's an increase of almost 65% over 2012. Pharmaceutical companies are estimated to spend $6.4 billion on direct-to-consumer advertising in 2016. That according to USA. Brought you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the uh, report from Ben Swan. And it's his reality check report. And it's brought to you by <laughs> what? Drug companies? <laughs> Uh, I find it good of it. It's a highlight to make the point, right? Look, ladies and gentlemen, these people are evil. And I agree with Ben Swan that, you know what, you can't say that because these people are all on psychotropic drugs that it's the only factor bringing them to the brink and, and committing these crimes. But you cannot deny the connection either. And you cannot have a discussion. Taking guns from the good guys is not the answer. The answer is to say, hey, you know what? How do we have a lot less people on these psychotropic drugs? How do we find a way when they're on these psychotropic drugs or have an episode, how they can be stopped? How we can work to, to make a difference here? Okay, but acknowledging the connection is the first step to solution, is it not? And I bring this up and everybody just dismisses it. The mainstream press most of the time withholds the psycho, psychotropic drug connection uh, to these people. You know, they don't let you know that they're on these psychotropic drugs. Uh, this is something to be vetted and highlighted in every case, in my opinion. It's something that we really need to dig into and look at and be honest and fair about. But see, they're not willing to. Big Pharma doesn't want us to. And uh, okay, what other factors, and this is the real critical question now, what other factors are in conjunction with the psychotropic drugs? So you have psychotropic drugs, and then what other factors create this scenario? Is it when there's not a, a father and a mother in the home that are reliable and dependable for someone? Is it the uh, inability to negotiate social situations with the opposite sex? You hear often these boys, uh, you know what, you can't get a girlfriend. Girls think they're weird, they and they're disenchanted with society and with with women. Um, women seem wicked when you're alone, is the way the Doors song goes to highlight the point. Or women seem wicked when you're unwanted, is how it goes. And then um, you look at that and you say, "Wow." When you're unwanted and you're pushed to the brink of paranoia with these drugs, then what? So you're unwanted from your parents, you're unwanted from the opposite sex or whatever. Uh, normal relations don't happen in life. You don't have solid friends. Okay, what are the factors that combined with this? Okay, you can start to then say, hey, how many 
of these teenagers are on these drugs. And then you start to look and say, how many of them have unstable home lives? Unreliable parents. How many of them are bullied bullied at school or treated unkindly around in life? How many of them have had episodes of, of acting out or mental illness or instabilities already? And you can start to narrow down, ladies and gentlemen, and almost predict, not with certainty, but with great guidance about which people are likely to take their aggressions, their hatred, their paranoia, their drug-induced false reality, right? And you can start to tell who are the likely suspects who's going to go ballistic or crazy next. Now, I'm not saying that we take action preempt, preemptively uh, because that would violate people's rights. But I am saying, you know what? Rather than red flag laws, rather than locking down guns, rather than taking guns from the good guys and all the unconstitutional action they're considering, why don't we back into a discussion as I'm highlighting it, which says we can already tell you who's at greatest risk for this. It's the guy on psychotropic drugs. It's the guy uh, who uh, has an affinity for weapons. It's the guy who's acted out on social media already or to his friends and to his family. It's the guy who's got episodes and a track record in his life. It's the guy who doesn't have a normal family life, a stable family life. It's the guy that doesn't have the Christian religion in his life. It's the guy that can't make appropriate relations with the opposite sex in meaningful or or, or sustainable ways. It's the guy who ends up being a loner and is mocked and ridiculed and struggling in school and bullied and now are these people evil people in many cases i don't believe they are i think they're misguided and they don't have the love they need they don't have the support they need but when all those factors are gone and you add to that psychotropic drugs then you add to that a possible provocateur around them you've got a recipe for disaster how come all this is being ignored ladies and gentlemen when it's so factual and so based in reality i don't know But I do know this. We better highlight it and stand up now if we want to win the culture war. Thanks for being alongside with the ride. I am Sam Bushman. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, RightyOnRadio.com. Spread the word, share the love, live and on-demand radio at your fingertips always. And we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. (laughs) 